This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Hello, kia ora koutou and welcome along to the New Zealand Charity Podcast, the show that helps you to make better contributions to the charitable organisation you serve. I'm your host, Thomas Nabs, and today we're once again joined by David Galbraith here in the studio. David, welcome along. Epic, Thomas, thank you. Look, look let's just quick, we've never talked about Takawaira on this podcast, mm. and let, let's just quickly have a quick jam about that. What? Cool are some of the elements and you can draw it back to your psychological mm. psychology mm, experience mm, mm. what are the elements that that you're passionate about when you see well the the program itself yeah. and and the potential that we've got to help people to help people to help people totally totally the the, the i think the anchoring foundation for the taku wairua that struck me straight away was the the weight it was putting onto pepeha and identity and whakapapa mm. And and all of the you know if you go back to what I've done over those years or been involved in, if I could summarise twenty years of clinical psychology working from forensics to Olympic athletes, one of those words would be identity. Yeah. And it'd probably only be one or two words I'd use to, to summarise all of that time. And and that's that's one of them. And it, for me, it's it's I would probably weight that as the number one concept of that time in psychology that I see to people's well-being, their mental health, their spiritual health, their their ability to access their their talent and their potential and bring that in, into um, habits and performance. So what do we mean by identity then? Yep, so for me, listening for what, you know, the connections that you and I have made through Taku Wairu and talking about it and the work I've done, it's there's, there's, there's two or three layers to it. There's and again, and again, this is for me. We're talking about a person, but we could very easily be talking about a business because a business has the same is the same for me as an individual. Mm-hmm. And so the business has an origin, the individual has an origin, and so the ancestry for that person. Often, when we ask someone who they are and where they're from, they don't really know how to answer that. They'll think, "Oh, I'm a Galbraith, I'm from Hamilton." Yeah. And then, sadly, that's where most people are anchored in. In one or two generations, that's exactly why Takubuado was started. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so for me, that the, many of the issues that we're having with adolescent mental health, and you know, the UNICEF stats are just shocking with regards to where New Zealand sits globally for suicide and mental health issues in our youth. I think that's directly related to a system that's diluted um, over many over many years um, our sense of community and our sense of belonging and mm-hmm. and the origin of that community. And, and and way back, so it's 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 made that less, you know, for, in, in many ways. We don't need to talk about what's actually happened underneath that with regards to our political system and education system, but that's been a big part of that disconnect. Yeah, hugely. And then our community and our and our sporting sporting clubs and 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 those sorts of things at the grassroots. So there's layers and layers to that. But what it does, it actually ends up disconnecting us from our origins, and people then start to believe that their origin is is only one generation. 
Yeah. And so for me, the identity is understanding thousands of years. Mm. It's understanding where, where it all started and the story, because the stories are still there. The mm. stories are there for every whakapapa it leads back through as narrative and story. And regardless of your, your own ethnicity, each ethnicity has that same same origin. Like if you go back to Scotland, you you can go back thousands of years. If you go back through Māori, you go back thousands of years. Yep. So we, we all have that origin. And the irony is we don't need to do a values exercise today to figure out who we are. If we take the time to look back through our origin, we will find who we are and yep. the narrative that sits behind us. And that's incredibly powerful because in there are things that are speaking to our soul and our emotional world, not our cognitive, rational world. And then that's where resilience sits. And so, you know, for example, we talk about COVID. And for me, COVID's just an adversity. It's a challenge. It's a pressure moment. That's what it is. And I've seen people respond so differently in this last year during COVID and the one variable that's influenced the people that have flourished versus the people that have really struggled in that space is the people that have had a strong knowing internally who they are have not been phased at all about the unknown that COVID has brought. And so we can just look at it that way. And that's the same with an organisation. It's the same with a person. It's the same with a young person. It's the same with a parent. And that will continue to be... That's where resilience sits. And that will continue to be the way of moving forward. So... You know, imagine if we had an education system that in year nine, they just pushed pause on uh, academics. Mm-hmm. That would not influence where they were at 18 at all with regards to the academic performance at 18, 17 and 18 if they paused the year there and then earlier. Um, but if year nine was around two projects, one was as a class, you had to go back to where you were from. And if that meant you had to raise money to get back to Somalia, you raise money as a class to go back to Somalia. Perfect. So if you have identity as the number one module for the year, and then at the end of that year, the class has to do a presentation to the wider school Mm -hmm. on that class's shared identity. And then the second part is that there has to be a community element to that. So you are required as a class to identify a cause for the year. And you have to do a number of hours as part of that, and you put that together as a project, which is linked to the work on the identity. And then it's at the end of the year, you, and you are presenting back on who we are, and therefore our why, which will flow off both of those. I hope school teachers are listening to this. Yeah, and then and then you can have a process where you introduce different topics and opportunities to those young people in year nine, so they can see what a vet does. They can go and spend some time with the police. They can go and experience different opportunities to see what the real world looks like. Yeah and then to get clear on what starts to resonate for them. Mm-hmm. And then they can build their academic plan off that. Mm-hmm. And they have to present their academic plan to their dean, their uncle and auntie, their whanau at the end of the year over Christmas dinner Gee, that's about wicked. what the next four years are going to be like. Because then they've got goals as well. Totally, and then that's where you talk a wider then yeah. follows through and that is a really natural flow. And I get goosebumpy now because yeah. that's the core of it, yeah. is it sets people up to know who they are. From that, the why will simmer to the surface because of the connection to the ancestry. Yeah. What our forefathers did in 1100 is exactly what resonates with us today. Yeah. So if we look back there, you'll find that what I get pissed off about now, mm. my ancestors back in Glasgow got pissed off about in 1100. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. And so then that's all of the connection. And then the goals that we set, we don't have to worry about building the motivation for that. The motivation will come because it's an intrinsic motivation. Yes. It sits within us. Yes. And so now we're just generating a, a groundswell, which we tap into because it's there. Mm. Um, it's an aquifer that runs through the spiritual dimension and then from that 
what you said before is so so critical because if you've got good scaffolding off the back of that mm -hmm. you've got focus because the energy can be funneled into something yeah and then that's where now show me the way or the, the, the technology the structures the the systems that you set up and processes that is the bit that then allows what's sitting underneath there to come to fruition but that's what takawaita is yeah yeah it's all of that so I want to dig a little bit deeper into the identity part because mm. for me, and you've taught me this, when we're looking at our identity, we're mm. searching for pride. Mm. And we've talked to a number of the youth that we support and we're uncovering things like criminal history yes. and we some, some we're uncovering um, incest mm. and, and some rather mm. unsavoury mm. um, experiences that they're, that they're un uncovering. What do we, and you've also given me the answer, but you can give the the listeners the answer about framing and mm. and the perspective that mm. we're taking to draw pride. Mm. Can you talk mm. to us a little bit about that? Because that's the whole essence yes. of yes. this identity is to fill ourselves with pride. Yes. Because pride times courage yep. is katsimono. Yeah, totally. The the, the 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 shadow that exists in the present for us, you know, if you take a fourteen year old that's experienced some traumatic incidences of growing up as a kid. That, that, that's within the last decade. Mm. So that when I was working in that space, I worked very hard, very quickly to help them understand 100 years ago and 200 years ago because back there lie so many narratives that they can draw into themselves because that's as much of them as the last 10. And so straight away you, you're helping build perspective straight away in the sense of, yeah, this, this, hap this thing, this horrific thing happened. Yeah. And then we just, it's a full stop. It happened, full yeah. stop. And there's so many more layers to me that I can then start to pull, if I put myself in that place, that I can then start to have reference to and draw perspective from. Because our experience in the moment of the past is purely, there's, there's layers to it of course, but those layers end up generating a perspective that is a cognitive experience about what happened. Yep. And then that's the key. So therapy serves to help someone generate a new narrative or a new perspective of something. Correct, changing the perspective yeah. so key. Yeah, and yeah. you see, so if we if we do our work looking back, the perspective shifts as a natural process of finding in those stories things that resonate with us because it's our blood. Yes. And yeah. so the pride becomes the anchor despite the recency of the trauma. Mm. The pride is anchored and the fact that my forefathers stood with William Wallace against the English when they came forward to kill all the Scots. Yeah. So that, see, goosebumpy again now, <laughs> that holds so much weight to then have a completely different perspective of what may have happened in the last 10 years. Yeah. So we, if we go back far enough. Totally. Yep. Yeah, we will find things that will bring not only balance, but I believe will bring a weight to then also give the way forward, which then allows the resilience to grow off the back of the trauma that's happened to me as the person maybe five or six years ago yes now depending on what that was of course it's not it, some of it may take some time to work through but you're already ahead of the wave by generating that framework mm. if it's if it's been a one incident trauma then you, you could find the young person just from doing the identity work resolve that very quickly if it's longer term and etc then you've got some more things to do but it's still the same process it's about mm. re-anchoring back into the past how do we hold that there? How do we help them hold that in moments that may be distressing for them because it's triggered in the now? But again, it's the depth of the identity that's going to be the anchor. So it, for me, it's, it com it's common sense. 
that makes spiritual sense. It's only common sense for you because you've done years of research yes. and experience yes. around it. But yeah, yeah. it's it's yes. it's deeply ingrained into into who you are these mm, days. But mm, mm. there's also another thing that I I'm sure I've talked about it with you, or perhaps I've just been listening to talking performance, and that is choosing the framing around. If let's say we work out through asking a number of questions that our grandfather was a criminal mm, and mm. and did let's say killed someone. Mm. Now, how do we how do we still draw pride from that? And mm. and it's again that word perspective mm. and, and framing how you want to put it to say, hey, look, my yes, my family have gone through some of that in the past, mm. and that in a way makes is a part of me. Mm. But firstly, I can choose whether or not I want to be mm. like that because mm. you have that choice with growth mindset. Mm. And then secondly, look. I've overcome this challenge already, and and I've over, look, I've overcome murder in mm. my, in my mm, past mm. and in my history. If I can Profound. overcome mm. murder, and if I can overcome all sorts of the insert here, the unsavory or the mm. the mm. thing you might be mm. inverted commas embarrassed about or something like that, mm. then look, I can overcome anything. Mm. Jeepers, mm. like mm. Uh, uh, any challenge mm. you throw my way mm. Mm. I've already overcome some of that so right. it makes COVID look rather small it does and mm. then you start to get then your chest puffs out and you start mm. to get full of pride mm. and oh, mm. I can go and mm. um, stick out this job that I'm mm. not mm. enjoying right now or mm. something like that so that's again just using using that perspective that's so key and, mm. and that framing is, mm. is a part of absolutely and yeah. I think the key in that space too around the perspective is that a, a big struggle for young people and I think a big struggle for, for the wider society is to accept and be at peace with the fact that we're not perfect yes and so you know an uncle or a dad that murdered somebody is a is a, is a pretty radical example of imperfection in the sense of looking at it that way like it's yeah. a very dark shadow yeah so what it you know for me the frame that I'll be working with a young person that is recognizing that you know what so there is there is darkness in all of us because yes. that no I think we live in an era where people try and avoid that re- that reality that yeah. social media makes it totally there isn't totally yeah. and then it, it becomes almost unacceptable for young people to have I guess a darkness yeah and so that sense of, of of that in our history actually through conversation and perspective allows us to go you know what this is a really good example about how people are capable of both good and bad mm. and it sits in all of us mm-hmm. there will be a context in my dad's behavior which will help me probably understand that. Mm-hmm. But if we can look at a place from that in a, a non-judgmental frame, it then allows that young person, when they have rage, to not have an unacceptable sense of that, but to see, okay, so I have that too. Mm. So there's good and bad in my dad, good and bad in me. Yeah. Now we've got a completely different conversation where their peacefulness with themselves and the, the way they look at the past will then allow them to make the right decision now. But if we, we try and create a space where they see that as good and evil and my dad was evil then they're really setting themselves up to actually i think really struggle with how what what will be a part of their journey mm. so that's another part of that perspective is no matter how bad things have been it just highlights for me that yeah mm. it's actually there is a sense in there that there's some peacefulness and going okay so it's all of us have capacity for evil 
mm. which we also have capacity for good. Yep. And now I've got a choice point. Yep. Rather than something I'm trying to repress. Yes. Yeah. 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 Look, very conscious of your time, but I do. So it's only once that I get you in here, and I want to ask you why is it now? Because it's your fault. Mm. Why is it now that Waterboy have a team song and we sing together? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess I've just recognised for a long time um, that when people sing, you feel a difference. Yeah, I'd go with that. And you notice a difference. Absolutely. And then the scientific research is so clear that if, for example, you have four or five people singing in harmony together, the the EG feedback shows us that their heartbeats align. Mm. So how many organisations do you hear say we want to be an organisation or team that has one heartbeat, yeah. one team? Yeah, yeah. And then so music ironically is a very powerful mechanism to bring around a neurology or a neurological and physiological shift of alignment without even having to think about it because it's all an unconscious process. Yeah. And so we're not obviously those things then when you think if you're working within a cultural space with a team of 40 to 60 men you're going to go well we should be singing then (laughs) and so I started that a long time ago within the super rugby framework that um, when I have sessions with the men they always start with song we finish with song and then as the years went by and people realized that it was having you know it's actually very beneficial and and Pacific Island people know this anyway Mm. And so, well, and, and Māori yeah, as that's well. right. Pacific yeah. Māori people—they are amazing singers. And mm. so, uh, Super Rugby teams—that's—that's seventy-five percent of our our um, our ethnicity is that mix. Mm. So then it became something which was quite powerful. And then obviously the Chiefs evolved to Haka, um, gifted from Akura and Huntley. And so all of that just started to flow together. And then that became a mainstay of our, how we operated. And the Sevens team now we have—we've um, probably got eight or nine songs that the men. From Tongan, Samoan, Fijian, hymns, Maori. The European ones are harder ones to sort of find something that fits and holds, but the the other ones just hold so deeply. Mm. And they they mix them now, so we'll have a mix of all of that together. And so I guess that's you know that will be why because it fits for you guys just like cool. it fits for us. So I, I I tell you what, I can encourage any organisation, be it a sports club, a business, charity, anything mm. to sing together and I can guarantee you that your team members are going to be pretty uncomfortable when mm. you first come in and say, right guys we're singing today, yeah. <laughs> they're going to go what? Totally. But um, if you if you have the influence to be able to make them step out of that comfort zone they will, I think they'll feel, they'll get filled with pride and they'll get those mm. that feelings and that one heartbeat mm. that David's mm. talking about, mm. so Highly, highly recommend. Look, let's wrap it up there for today. But if you have any questions, comments or feedback about the show or if you have any topics you want us to discuss on future shows, be sure to send us an email. Info at thewaterboy.co.nz subject line New Zealand charity. Sorry, NZ Charity. If you ha- if you wish to contact the Good Collective to support your charity or to sign up for your business to be a service provider for charities, you can email info at thegoodcollective.org.nz. If you're listening to the show via a podcast platform, please be sure to rate, review and subscribe to the show and share it with your friends so that we can help to make so we can help more Kiwis to better support the organizations they're passionate about. Thank you so much, David, for coming in today for the last couple of episodes. I've been absolutely overwhelmed. I get so much from you every time. How can people um, 
donate to Pathway One, how can people buy mm. Unleashing Greatness? Talk mm. to us about that. Yeah, they can go to the Habit of Greatness website.co.nz. Yep. And just follow their nose to the shop, mm-hmm. and they can buy a book there. Um, the Pathway One website is actually attached to that, so it's just a page off that. Brilliant. Yeah. If you just Google search David Galbraith, yep, it'll, it'll, it'll all come up with yep. that too. Thank you also to Free FM for their support of this show, to Penny Boyce and to Maya Armistead for, edit, for editing, and credit to Shapeshifter for the tunes. Thank you so much for listening to the New Zealand Charity Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Nabs, and we'll be back again tomorrow with more tips, tricks, hacks, and learnings to help you accelerate your impact and create an even stronger New Zealand. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.